A kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider sharing it with a teacher, a classmate, a relative, or someone you think should hear it. And thanks. What is a chronic illness? It is an illness that never goes away. I think what defines a chronic illness or what a chronic illness is, is when you are sick for a long amount of time. And I don't mean 10 days or two weeks or a month. It means, you know, half a year, a couple of years, forever, for the rest of your life. It's something that uh, means that you have a part of your body that isn't working well or working how it should. Welcome to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and I'm your host. The voices you heard just a moment ago were from Isabel and Gigi. Each week we talk about the big things going on in your world with a different author from our A Kid's Book About series. Hi, my name is Gigi Robinson. I am an entrepreneur, an author, a public speaker, and a content creator, and I'm the author of a kid's book about chronic illness. In addition to the way Gigi defined a chronic illness at the start of the episode, she uses the following language in a kid's book about chronic illness. Quote, Having a chronic illness means you have a health issue that's lifelong and may present you with different challenges as you grow up, end quote. First up, let's understand the likelihood that you will be diagnosed with a chronic illness. Are there things that cause it? Are there things that can help prevent it or shorten its duration? So I'm not a doctor, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that when they're listening, but I believe, yes, anyone can be diagnosed with a chronic illness or, um, you know, a mental health illness, which it can also be chronic um, at any point in time, uh, the same way that, you know, a bird can poop on your shoulder while you're walking at the same time. Um, I think that it's definitely something that anyone can deal with at any point in their life. And unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of things that we know about like diet and what we eat and how that affects chronic illness long term, especially when it comes to processed food and meat and dairy consumption and alcohol. So I think that as you know, we get more science about chronic health, hopefully people start eating uh, differently in a way that is more, you know, for their body, our bodies are like our sanctuaries. And so it's important to really nurture that and take good care. Gigi has managed a chronic illness for more than half of her life. I was diagnosed with EDS at age 11. EDS stands for Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Gigi will say more about that in a moment. I kept getting injured really easily doing normal things like doing a cartwheel, um, jumping off a water trampoline at the lake uh, at camp, uh, you know, accidentally twisting my ankle and fracturing it. And so 
eventually one of my doctors here in New York City pieced it together and suggested I go see a specialist. And as I did that, uh, that was, you know, when I got my diagnosis and then I just started doing a lot of physical therapy and all of this. So I was diagnosed at a young age. Um, and hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos is kind of like when a rubber band loses its elasticity and it's all stretched out, but that is the connective tissue holding my, my, my bones and, and joints together. And so because that's loose, it makes it easier for the joints to slip out of place and get injured uh, easier than people that have normal elastic rubber band kind of uh, muscles. True story. My mom has a chronic illness and has been managing chronic pain since I was around nine years old. She was diagnosed with reflex sympathetic dystrophy, or RSD, and still manages it to this day. I saw firsthand the way that this affected her and her ability to face different tasks and challenges. And there were definitely some really, really hard days for her. I could tell just by looking at her and hearing how she talked to me. But there were also days when the pain wasn't as bad. And on those days, I felt like I got my mom back. I bet she felt something like that too. Chronic pain is something that is ongoing and doesn't go away. There may be moments when the pain is worse and moments when it's more manageable. I wonder how Gigi feels today as we're recording this interview. Yeah, I mean, I feel great, honestly. I think, you know, part of my career today is talking about chronic illness in a way that is, in a way, more more casual. I want more awareness towards it. And so it's not dramatic or oversharing for me to talk about any of my health issues. I think it's more empowering. It helps other people deal with their health issues. Um, and if that is, you know, what comes from me talking about it, then that makes me really, really happy to, to do. And I think, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm not licensed in medicine. Um, However, I do have the patient experience of about 15 years dealing with the medical system, dealing with this chronic illness, trying to find pain relief over the years. And so, um, you know, some days are really, really good and you don't have any pain at all. And other days are bad and you can feel really, really crappy and not want to get out of bed and, um, I just think that that's a part of chronic illness from from anyone I know that deals with a chronic illness. That's kind of the same sentiment where some days are better than others. And I think that's also true for everyone. It just might feel physically a little bit different for patients with chronic health issues. When we get sick with a cold or fever, we take medicine to help with the symptoms. We might also drink more water or change what we eat to make it easier on our tummies. And of course, rest and sleep can also help a great deal. Chronic illnesses are different from these viruses that our bodies can usually fight off in a few days. And depending on the diagnosis, doctors and researchers still don't know how to fully alleviate a person's chronic illness. But there are still a number of things a person might do to help care for their body. For me, I mean, I, I've done a lot of research into the food that we eat and you know, processed foods impact on the gut and how the gut has an entire kind of network of working with your body and your mind. And if your if your gut is not good, and it's not in a good, healthy, healthy state, 
there is a possibility that it can affect other parts of your body and cause chronic inflammation or migraines. Um, and I believe that I was dealing with some of that for a long time because of uh, my my diet. I didn't realize I actually, I mean, I know we're talking about one of my chronic illnesses, but um, I got bit by this tick called the Lone Star Tick, and it causes an allergy to meat. Um, actually, it changes your blood chemistry. You guys can look it up. It's called the alpha-gal allergy syndrome. And so I was eating meat for years and years and years. Um, I knew I had sensitivities to dairy and gluten, but I still ate it. And uh, I got this allergy test in December of 2022. So, you know, only about half a year ago. And I've been vegan and gluten-free ever since. And let me tell you the inflammation in my body that went down and also the chronic pain that went down, the levels went down. I'm on a third of the dose of medication that I was six months ago. Um, I also got diagnosed with endometriosis. And so for some chronic illnesses like endometriosis, that's something that is obviously a whole other conversation here. But, you know, that one can be fixed or healed in some ways, potentially, or treated with surgery. And so, you know, I think it's a mixture of diet, of mindset, of potentially surgery. And then on top of that, acupuncture, massage therapy, water aerobics, physical therapy, um, and doing really anything that you can to feel your best. Let's take a quick break. And when we return, Gigi talks about the power we have to respond to our pain and to the things we go through. The number one thing to think about when you're seeking treatment for chronic illness is how can you manage your pain and and still navigate life and function that's the the ultimate i think tagline of of what i i encourage people living with health issues to deal with to kind of keep in mind we'll be back in just a minute Hey, grown-ups! With over a hundred different titles in our A Kids Book About series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure, than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you it's very, very evident, right? Because I like to say, your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of A Kid's Book About Belonging. Check out our Kevin Talks About Belonging episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life. And when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. Welcome back to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about chronic illness with a kid's book about author, Gigi Robinson. 
You may already be feeling a certain way about chronic illness based on this conversation. In fact, I'd bet you're feeling a fair bit of sympathy for Gigi, knowing that she and others are managing illnesses that go on much, much longer than what you're used to. Or maybe you're feeling empathy because Gigi has shared something that's similar to something you or a family member has experienced. It makes me feel bad for them because sometimes I can't do things that other people do. Whatever you're feeling, acknowledge it and know that you're right where you're supposed to be. Today, here's how Gigi is feeling about chronic illness. It's definitely, it's a love-hate relationship, right? It's, it's something you have to learn how to live with and therefore it's a piece of yourself that you have to learn how to accept and love. And it's also something that you can have really strong feelings of resentment, of guilt, of frustration, of, of hatred for this thing that you can't change in your body, right? I looked for 15 years for an answer as to what was causing my pain, and I only found it at 25 years old. It's, it's a long, long journey to figuring out what you have and how to manage it. There's all of these possibilities that also come with thinking about chronic illnesses like long-term fertility, long-term mental health, long-term finances, and long-term impacts on relationships and friendships. I mean, I've been so lucky to have such an incredible support system, but when you really think about how chronic illness impacts every single piece of your life, I think that's the part that gets a little bit frustrating. It gets a little bit scary. It gets sad because you just never know. I've been in situations where teachers at my school didn't understand how sick I was. And as a result, they said I was faking it. I've had partners tell me that I'm not active enough for them. And obviously, those are all people that I want to like leave in the past and not bring into my energy. And I'm lucky that I do have such an incredible support system of my my family um, has always been super kind and understanding of my health issue and helping me get the care I need. My partner's super understanding and helpful and just wants me to feel better. My close friends are. And so I think, you know, it's not necessarily the chronic illness itself. It's the impact it has on your real world relationships outside of, of yourself um, that really make you think about, I think, how it runs your life in some ways. There is this line in a kid's book about chronic illness that I cannot stop thinking about, maybe because it speaks to something beyond the topic of the book alone. Here's the line, quote, you have the power to choose how you respond to the things you go through, end quote. Is this something you've heard or thought about before, listeners? That you have the power to choose how you respond to the things you go through, it's an active statement, and it's deeply empowering. So I got another chronic illness diagnosis back, you know, six, seven months ago um, called endometriosis, and I didn't want another health issue on top of what I have. Let me state that first. But second to that, I had the decision, you know, I could have been, and, and it's okay to feel both. I was frustrated. I was mad that no one caught this earlier. I was super upset that I even had this to, to start with. I had to think about, you know, long-term, you know, family planning and how much this new chronic health issue will ultimately cost me over the course of my life, um, in addition to what already exists. And I also 
could choose to feel grateful that the doctors finally figured it out, that I finally have some relief, that I have some closure, some peace of mind knowing this is something that has been causing me pain and inflammation for over a decade. And now I have an answer and it wasn't all in my head. And so in a way, it was the thing that both validated me, but also frustrated me. Even with my Ehlers-Danlos in college, I had teachers and friends not believe me. And in the moment that was so painful and, and sad emotionally that people around me didn't accept me for who I was, which is I think what everybody in this world is striving for, right? We look for community that accepts us and sees us as we are. Um, and, and people that have empathy and, and care about our story and where we come from. And so even though that situation was really, really frustrating, and I had to go through those friendship losses and ableism at school, and, you know, medical ableism as well. From that, I was able to decide, okay, you can do something good with this information. Because anytime you're going through something, you're really just getting information. And so how are you going to process it? Are you going to process it with a negative mindset or a positive mindset? Are you going to say, everything sucks, they suck, I'm never going to get an answer? Or are you going to say, maybe there's hope. If I talk about this, maybe someone know something I don't. Maybe it'll inspire me to ask a new question to a doctor, right? If I didn't bring up certain things about my lower back pain that I experienced for years and my migraines that were happening around the time of my periods, which is called menstrual migraines, my doctor wouldn't have suggested going to a specialized surgeon for endometriosis. And so talking about it online led me to other things that helped me get to where I am today. If you know someone managing or struggling with a chronic illness, even if you're just learning about their diagnosis, or if it's something you've known about for a long time, Gigi shared some great suggestions for how you and others can help support and care for those special people in your life, whether they are your classmate or your friend or a member of your family. I mean, I think, you know, some things are easier said than done. But as a friend or a caretaker of somebody who's dealing with a chronic illness, I think, you know, asking questions is one of the best things you can do saying, hey, um, can I ask like a question about what you're going through and about your chronic illness? And that way, instead of just asking the question flat out, you're asking for permission to enter the space because sometimes people dealing with the health issues, like they deal with it all the time. There was a period of my life where I was at a doctor's appointment two to three times a week um, on top of physical therapy, regular therapy, occupational therapy, trying to figure out testing and doing, you know, seeing what was going on. And at the end of the day, like I didn't want questions about my health. I didn't want them. And so if you know, when friends asked them to me, it almost made it like walking on eggshells where I didn't want to talk about it and the friends were curious. But had the friend said, hey, can we talk about this now? Or like, I have a question, would you be open to answering it? It gives the person with the chronic illness the autonomy to say yes or no. So that's the first thing I think is really important. The second thing is, I mean, you know, we do have the internet um, and I think looking up what 
a person dealing with certain chronic illness could be going through is really important but also obviously it's a little naive to say just trust that completely i don't want i'm not saying go look up you know all of these things because you'll you'll definitely see a lot of more extreme answers typically when you do a search on the internet for uh you know what is hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome how does it affect my friend for example um you know you're going to get a lot of different answers and so i think if you stick to more medical resources like the WHO, um, the World Health Organization, uh, you know, I'm thinking about even the Mayo Clinic or anything that is medical uh, from, you know, Harvard Medicine or John Hopkins or any of these medical.med or .gov websites typically have information that is less biased and less opinion-based where you can look at facts. So that's um, a research tip. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, just kind of have empathy for them, right? And I know uh, there's a lot of discussions about that at a kid's co and in a lot of the books, but it's really about, you know, some, some people do not understand how to deal with chronic illness. And I think knowing that if one day your friend can't go to play with you or you know, if one day you can't show up to work or to school, it might be because somebody's actually having a hard time. And instead of going from a place of judgment of why can't you hang out with me? It's like, oh, what's going on? How can I help you? Is Are you okay? Um, and I think those answers are very different. And so for now, uh, try try your best to put on your put myself in other people's shoes hat on and just kind of think about the ways that you can empathize and and feel maybe what other people are going through. Listeners, Gigi left one more message just for you as we close our time together. A connection. Thanks all for listening. If you have questions or you want to talk to me, you can, you know, DM me about this and if you're dealing with it, I hope that some of my content also gives you hope knowing that there's a lot of things you can also do with a chronic illness. You know, I took my my health issue and I made it into my career and, and I'm able to do other things now that I'm getting better and go to, you know, movie screenings and live my life outside of my health issue. And so I think that, um, you know, also don't lose hope if you're dealing with it. And yeah, you can Find my work on ggrobinson.com or just Google me. Thank you to Gigi Robinson, author of a kid's book about chronic illness, for joining us today. And special thanks to Isabel for lending their voice to this episode. Hi, my name is Isabel. I am nine years old and I live in Rhode Island. My favorite thing to do is acting. I also love cuddling with my dog, Basil. A connection I have is I have migraine. Sometimes I feel blessed and I can't do fun things. Thank you for sharing that connection, Isabel. A Kid's Book About, the podcast, is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show was brought to you by A Kid's Co. Follow the show wherever podcasts are found, and check out other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. Join us next time for a conversation about design with A Kid's Book About author Jason Maiden.
Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co., and I also host a kids' book about the podcast and worth noting. I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.